This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. How many of you feeling generous this time of year? Isn't generosity something to be celebrated? I mean, God, if He were not a generous God, can you imagine what we would have to be dealing with today? That's if we were even here today. So we thank the Lord for being a generous God. Praise God. Well, it's wonderful to be with you here this morning. I thank uh, Dr. Theo and uh, Pastor Bev for this opportunity of being able to minister the Word of God to you this morning. And, and I trust that you'll be encouraged. And, and that's the whole purpose of the Word of God, is to lift us up. It's to encourage us. It's to give us hope. It's to bring us out of those difficult places. It's to increase our faith. It's to uh, uh, look forward to the great future that God has set before us. And so I pray this morning that that's exactly what will happen, is that when you leave here, faith would have risen in your hearts. You would have been blessed and encouraged. And if any of you are going through a difficult time right now, I pray that God will just come uh, and raise your arms up high in your spirit, in your heart, and, and that He would just uh, encourage you and that you will leave with great hope in your hearts. Let's pray. Father, I almost already prayed. Uh, with that introduction. But Lord, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the greatest gift the world has ever known, Father. We take time every year just to remember what Jesus means to us. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for thinking about us so many times in a day, more than what there are grains of sand on the earth. This we cannot comprehend in our own uh, uh, human, limited human uh, thinking. But Father, we know that you are a supernatural God. And I, I thank you today that every person will be blessed by your word. And Father, that they would feel wrapped in your love this morning. Thank you, Spirit of God, for impacting the lives of every person. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning I'm going to talk to you about being wrapped in His love. I feel it's quite an appropriate title given the time of year that we celebrate, but I want you to know that God has you wrapped in His love. Can you say that with me? Say, God has me wrapped in His love. Every December, we take time to recognize and to remember and celebrate the greatest gift that God has ever given or that has ever been given, the greatest demonstration of love that the world has ever known. In fact, even before God's display of this love by sending Jesus, we can see by looking at David and the things that he writes in the book of Psalms that he knew that he was wrapped, so to speak, in God's love. And if we go to uh, the book of Psalm chapter 23, it's a familiar psalm to most where David talks about God, he honors God, and he uh, uh, explains God to be, he sees him in the light of a shepherd. And David, being a shepherd himself, understood uh, what the purpose of a shepherd was. And so he knew what his responsibility was towards the sheep. And he saw God in the exact same light. He knew that God would always be there for him, just like he was there for the sheep. I mean, he tells us that he defended the sheep against lions and bears. In other words, he put his life on the line for his sheep. And in the same way, he acknowledged that God did that for him. And right at the end of the psalm, David says this about God. He says in, in verse 6, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. How do you think David was able to conquer and have all of these great exploits and survive in the most harshest, 
difficult conditions in his life. How do you think he knew that God would help him in defeating Goliath? How do you think he knew that even though he had to run from Saul for 13 years, that God was always with him? Because he knew that God loved him. And he knew that the way that he would uh, uh, give himself for his sheep, God would do the same thing for him. So it's important for us to understand how much God loves us because what it will do is it will increase our faith. It will give us hope in times of hopelessness. You don't always feel like God loves you. I'm sure David must have at times not felt like he was being loved by God because he'd cried out many times to find out where he was, but he knew that God loved him. So it's not really about our feelings and our, st our emotional state, but it's important for us to know that God would do anything for me because he loves me. And no matter where I find myself, he will deliver me from that. And that was what David was acknowledging here in Psalm chapter 23. You know, the good thing about God is this. If David could acknowledge that back in the Old Testament, the Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can take courage in that. We can take heart in that and know that if David could say that God's love pursued him all the days of his life, and in the same way, we can say with confidence that God's love pursues us all the days of our lives. Amen? His love wraps us like a gift is wrapped by paper, his love wraps around us. Jesus was God's gift to the world. Jesus was the manifestation of God's love to the world. In fact, Jesus was the best way that God could show how much he loved us. Not taking out Goliath, not delivering Joseph from the prison, not uh, uh, saving the Israelites out of Egypt, the greatest demonstration that God could think of to show the world that he loves them is to send his son, Jesus Christ. And that's what he did. In this season, we celebrate what God did when he sent Jesus. I believe in these brief moments, we will see something very special about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we will be reminded just how much the Father cares for us. And so, you know, when Gabriel came and uh, appeared to Mary in the book of Luke chapter 1, he says to her, look, she should, uh, you know, she's been highly favored by God and uh, she is going to uh, give birth to a son and his name will be Jesus. And the Bible says that she at first was confused by this and, uh, and wondered, how is this going to be possible? And she questions Gabriel on this and says, look, how can I have a child when I am still a virgin? And so Gabriel says to her, look, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you. He will overshadow you, and so your child will be holy. And you will supernaturally fall pregnant, really, is what he was saying to her. And, uh, and then he goes on to say this, and I really like this, to reassure her about how God is able to do the supernatural. He says to her in the book of Luke chapter 2, oh, excuse me, Luke chapter 1, he says to her, Mary, you need to understand that God is a supernatural God because right now one of your relatives, and he was referring to Elizabeth, says right now she is pregnant with a child for six months. So she's six months pregnant and the people, uh, all of the people used to call her barren because she was already at an old age. They'd all seen that there was no way she was ever going to have a child and they called her barren. And he says, but she is pregnant for six months already. 
So he's saying, you better believe God's going to do this for you. And then he goes on to say, because nothing is impossible for God. And so this morning I'm letting you know that nothing is impossible for God. And whatever it is that you need from him, he will do that for you. He is faithful. The fact that he sent Jesus will always be a sign of God's faithfulness to us. And so uh, have a look at this. Uh, after um, Gabriel gave her this, this incredible message, uh, what happened was they needed to, her and Joseph, who she was um, uh, engaged to at the time, they had to go from uh, Nazareth. They had to travel to Bethlehem because there was a census that was being given. I wonder who implemented the census. I have a feeling God might have had something to do with that because the plan was for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. And so they uh, journeyed to Bethlehem. But here's the thing. The Bible says that when they went, Mary was already obviously pregnant. In other words, she was far pregnant. And, and you know, the thing is, you would imagine that if, if God sent Gabriel an angel to come and deliver this incredible message to her, why not let Gabriel carry her to Bethlehem? Because, I mean, she is, after all, very far pregnant. So here's what I want you to see is that even though they were in the perfect will of God, she still had to journey on a donkey with Joseph. It was a long, treacherous journey on a dusty road under a hot Middle Eastern sun. And it wasn't pleasant. I don't know about any ladies here that have had any babies, but have you ever had a craving? I know that there have been crazy things, but did you perhaps at any point in time look over at your husband and say, Honey, you know what? I'd love to just... Can't you take me to the zoo and, and just organize for me to ride on a donkey, even if it is just from here to, to Benoni, but I really, really would like to ride on a donkey right now. Is there any ladies here that would say, yes, amen to that, brother. I really looked, I craved riding on a donkey. No. So the thing is this, even being in the perfect will of God, we need to understand that sometimes we are required to take a difficult journey. But God will see us through that journey. And even when it looks like there's no room in the inn, God will make a plan. And so uh, this is what the Bible says now in Luke chapter 2, verses 7. It says, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. So God's saying, Don't be afraid this morning. I bring you good news. I remind you that I'm a God that brings the good news this morning for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then in verse 12, it says, And this will be a sign for you. This is what the angel is telling the shepherds. This will be the sign of Christ the Lord being given to the earth. He says, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. I want you to know this morning that you are wrapped in God's love. And just as we every December wrap gifts and give them to the people that we love as a display of our love to them. God wrapped his own son and gave him to us as a gift. One that we can enjoy for eternity. We make a big deal of Christmas. And we should make a big deal of Christmas. God made a big deal of Christmas. 
He, uh, we read now how he had angels appearing to the common people to announce the birth of Jesus. And we know that there was a star, a bright star, that shone in the sky. And that was for the wise people. So uh, <laughs> if you need an angel to display uh, or to appear to you, I'm not trying to say you're a common person. And if you only look for stars, uh, bright shining stars uh, to hear from God, then I'm not saying that you're a wise person. But what I am saying is that God made a big deal of Christmas. And we need to make a big deal of Christmas. Put up the decorations. Get the tree looking beautiful. Bring the man with the boop and the red suit. The point is it's an announcement to the world of what took place at this time of year. And if the world chooses to use that as their way, we will always know the reason why we celebrate Christmas. So, so God was announcing his gift to the world. He was announcing his love to the world. And in Romans chapter 5, verses 8, it says, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ. Do you understand that God doesn't just love you? He has a great love for you, and He sent Jesus to show that. And in John chapter 3, verses 16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Let's just take a moment to appreciate the gift of Jesus. How many of you have ever received a gift, and when you unwrapped it, and you saw what was beneath the paper, you knew this was a bit of a last-minute thought. You knew that whoever gave you this gift, they were standing in the queue at Woolworths, because you've seen this in the queue, and uh, they must have remembered you right there and quickly bought you this little last-minute gift, uh, a pack of batteries maybe they felt like uh, it would be a powerful gift. I don't know. But the point is that I think every one of us have experienced that. And perhaps you yourself would say, I am guilty of a bit of a last minute uh, a gift or a till gift. Or what about a got this two years ago, never used it, still in the original package. I'll give it to someone else kind of gift. How many of you have done that before? Look, I understand that it's about the thought, right? The thought that counts. But let me just explain to you something about Jesus. We need to uh, know that Jesus was the most planned carefully prepared and perfectly selected gift that you have ever received. I mean, think about this. How many of you have purchased a gift for somebody that you love and you've done this way in advance? You've searched the internet high and low. You've found what it is that they so desire and you have purchased this. It's cost you a, a great deal, but you've got it and you're so excited about this gift. You've shifted it, you've shipped it in and uh, you've wrapped it and you've hidden it under your, um, your jocks. Did I say that? Under your socks, I mean. And, and uh, you know, you've still got about two or three months to go before you can present the gift to them, but you're really chomping at the bit because you can't wait to see the reaction on their face when you present them with this gift. How many of you have had that experience before? And perhaps you're guilty of giving it early. Like, honey, I know it's your birthday in a month's time, but I just couldn't wait anymore. I wanted to give you this. And, and the reason why you, you can't wait is because not only are you looking forward to the expression on their face, but you know the wonderful satisfaction is going to bring you when you see how they react to this gift that you've given them. And so God did the exact same thing. He prepared Jesus thousands of years before he would come. The Bible says in Galatians 4.4 4, that when the appointed time came, in other words, when the right time came, God sent or gave Jesus. Now, I'm not sure why it had to be in those days and had to be that way, but I know that if God says the right time came, it meant that he could not have come earlier and he could not have come later. 
But you see God in his great excitement, even in the days when he told Satan, listen, my friend, I've already got a gift coming to the earth, and that gift is going to bruise your head, it's going to take you out. But he had to wait a couple of thousand years before presenting that gift. Only a God as big and as great as our God could wait that long till the right time came, the perfect time to send Jesus Christ. I can only imagine that God was also so very excited to give his precious gift to us, yet he had to wait for the appointed time. Do you know how much God loves you? Do you know how much God loves you? He gave his son not just to save you from death, but he also gave Jesus so that he could be with you all the time, that he could have you with him for eternity. That's how much he loves you. And I'm standing before you this morning as a messenger from God. I don't have big fancy wings. I don't have a flowing white cloak. I don't have a bright light or a booming voice. But here I am. And I bring you this message from the Lord to say that just as my son Jesus was wrapped and presented to you as a gift from me, I want you to know that you are my prized possession. And I have you wrapped in something far more beautiful than sparkly paper, more stronger than any weapon, more durable than any challenge, and far more desirable than the finest clothing. I have you wrapped in my love. Our loving Father is love. He has not just taken a moment in history to demonstrate His love by sending Jesus. No, His love is continually demonstrated in the earth today. And we play a very important role in that. Now, some of you might be sitting and thinking, you know what, Paul, it is a great time of year. And I know I've had wonderful Christmases in the past and it's been awesome. But this year is a heavy year for me. Let me start off by saying this to you. Tough times do not mark the absence of God's love. You need to hear that this morning. Tough times do not mark the absence of God's love. In my own family, we've had two deaths in the last four days. And uh, they were both, uh, uh, you know, the one was an uncle of mine and the other was my, my, my brother's father-in-law. He died two days ago. And so I know that there are some families that are going to be having a difficult Christmas this year. And I know that there are people sitting here today that are going to bed with, with worries, that are waking up in the morning with worries, that are walking through the malls and while everybody else is shopping and smiling and, and, and uh, you know, walking around with ice creams and that sort of thing, you can't stop thinking about the problems that are facing you. Perhaps you can't even buy some gift that you want to because you're just financially strapped and it's putting a lot of strain on you. I want you to know that don't look at that to see whether or not God loves you. Don't look at that to wonder, will he deliver you? He will deliver you. And so I want you to be blessed this morning. And I want you to get excited about Christmas. And I want you to anticipate a miracle around the corner. Because God wants you to do that. Think about Joseph. You know, if we know how he got into prison. That was really unfair. If ever there was something unfair, it's what happened to Joseph. I mean, he was falsely accused of a, it's a makulu crime. And, um, and so he was in prison, and the Bible doesn't give us a, a picture of a, a lovely time in prison. Recliners in his cell and a you know, television screen and a DSTV and so forth. The Bible says in Psalm 105 that it says in verse 18, There in prison they bruised his feet with shackles and placed his neck in an iron collar. Doesn't sound very Christmas geared to me. And so he was in prison. He was alone. He was hurting. He was in pain. He was treated like a prisoner when he was completely innocent. He, was, he probably didn't have the best food, I imagine. 
And it was really tough for him. But the Bible also says in Genesis chapter 39, verses 21, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison. And he showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. So how did Joseph know that God loved him? It wasn't because of the, the shackles around his feet or the iron collar around his neck. It was because God gave him favor with the prison warden. You see, God had Joseph wrapped in his love even while he was in prison. And where you may be today might be unfair. There might be every reason in the world why it's not right that you're facing what it is that you're facing. But you need to know that you're wrapped in God's love. You need to know that God is there for you and he will deliver you. How could Joseph see that the Lord was with him? God displayed his love through the warden. Joseph could see the love of God through the way that the warden treated him. What about Paul? I'm talking about the fact that uh, tough times does not mark the absence of God's love. Think about Paul. Let's just look quickly at some of the stuff that he faced. He was stoned and left for dead. He was beaten with rods on three different occasions. He was whipped 39 times on five different occasions. He was attacked by an angry mob. He had many death threats. He was shipwrecked three times and he spent 24 hours afloat on the ocean. I'm going to pause there for a moment. How many have heard of the name Brett Archibald? Anybody heard of the name Brett Archibald? He is a South African man who in April of 2013 fell off a chartered boat of the, uh, of the coast of Australia. And he was left to float for 28 hours on the ocean. I mean, he was covered across the world in the media. On BBC he appeared. But here's the thing. That one incident, there is a book written. He has become a motivational speaker. There is a, a trust fund that has been uh, uh, created as a result of what happened to this man. One incident in his life, and all of these things have taken place. It's a big deal to float out on the ocean for 24 hours. But sometimes when we look at the life of Paul, we just quite easily read over stuff like this. Listen, I don't know if I would still be preaching if I was left to float in an ocean for 24 hours after I've been beaten 39 times on five different occasions. I don't know. I don't think so. I know me. So uh, uh, Paul went through all these difficult things. He was criticized by other Christians. He was under arrest for two years without a trial. And he was somewhat bitten by a poisonous snake as well, if that wasn't enough. And even that, in, dis in spite of all that Paul faced, he was the one who prayed in the book of Ephesians that we understand how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love really is. Paul understood that he was continually wrapped in the love of God. He was the one who said in Romans chapter... <coughs> He was the one who said in Romans chapter 8 that he was convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God. He even went on to say, does it mean that God no longer loves us when we have trouble or calamity or are hungry or cold or in danger or even threatened with death? No. Despite all these things, the one who loved us gave us an overwhelming victory in all of these difficulties. That's the message for you today. You are wrapped in God's love. Despite all these things, he will give you victory in Jesus' name. Today, God wants to remind all of us that the gift of his son Jesus was driven out of his love for us. That is what we remember at Christmas time. And for the rest of the year, that's the thing about God. It's not a Christmas time only kind of thing. He is always, we are, excuse me, always wrapped in his love. And I want you to picture that right now. I want you to picture God throwing his arms around you and wrapping you in his love. 
And even if you have to picture it from the point of view of the prodigal son returning to the father and the father not questioning that at all, but rather just holding him tight so that he knows how much it is that he loves him, then that's what you should picture this morning. God's legacy of love lives on through you and me today. Not just when God gave his son for us, but this gift of love to the world is displayed through us. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 14, it says, And the most important, listen, and the most important piece of clothing you must wear is love. Interesting how God once again talks about clothing being the way in which we can demonstrate love. That's what he did with Jesus. He wrapped him in clothing as a demonstration of his love to you and I. And in the same way, God says the most important piece of clothing. I wonder why he used clothing as a metaphor. Because clothing really is the first thing that people see when they look at you. Clothing reflects and it protects. So as we demonstrate acts of love to people, we are protecting ourselves. We are clothing ourselves in love while at the same time we are wrapping them in the love of God. Look at John chapter 4 verses 12. It says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression. In other words, his love is completely manifested in us. Just by loving others, God says, this is how I manifest my love to people is through you, through you, through you, through me. When we love people, we wrap them in God's love. Our God is a God of actions. The Bible tells us that he demonstrated. In other words, he practically exhibited his love by sending Jesus. He proved his love by creating the earth for us. All of its beauty and its splendor and the perfect synergy is there for our enjoyment. Likewise, since we are to imitate him, the act of loving others is manifesting the love of God. So you might say, well, okay, that's nice. I need to love people. That's wonderful. How do I go about doing that? Do I have to now say every time I meet someone, I love you? Is that how I do that? When I shake their hand, do I say, hey, nice to see you. I love you. God wants me to know that I love you. Do I wear clothing that has the word love written all over it? Because it says I should wear the clothing. I should put on the garment of love. Is that what I should do? Well, let me give you a couple of ways in which you can demonstrate the love of God to people and let them know that God loves them. And you know, you don't have to say it. This is just a dropping in my heart. I believe that people understand that there is a God. And that he does love them. I believe that there must be a supernatural interaction between that person and God when we show acts of kindness and generosity. I think that's how it works. But let's have a look at some. An act of kindness when you're not in the mood. A display of mercy when undeserving. An ear to listen when someone is troubled. An extended hand to assist the helpless. A display of patience when you're ready to explode. A genuine smile to encourage the broken. A moment of discomfort to provide relief. An earnest prayer to lift up the hopeless. A thoughtful gift to return a smile. A sacrifice of self to help the overlooked, a plate of food to feed the hungry, a word of hope to the brokenhearted, a moment of your time to acknowledge the forgotten, a coat of your back to remove the shivering, a, sympath a sympathetic mind for pain you don't understand, a decision to go the distance to see it through, a fight to stay calm when you have been wronged, an offer to assist an unpleasant neighbor, a visit to the hospital to encourage the sick, a postcard to the prison to liberate the guilty, a second wait at the robot to make way for another, a loving husband to a drunken wife, a tender wife to an addicted husband, a devoted parent to a rebellious child, a loving child to an abrasive parent, an act of love without expecting anything in return. 
Joseph stood by Mary through her pregnancy and the birth and the raising of Jesus. Timothy stood by Paul when he was persecuted and imprisoned. Ruth stood by Naomi when she was alone. Jesus washed the feet of Jesus even though he betrayed him. The apostles of the church embraced Paul even though he persecuted them. David honored Saul even though he tried to kill him. Joseph blessed his brothers even though they abandoned him. Abraham gave Lot the better choice even though it was not entitled to him. Stephen forgave his enemies even while they were stoning him to death. Jesus forgave Peter even though he denied him. Moses interceded for the people of Israel even though they continually turned their back on God. And our loving Father gave Jesus to a lost and dying world even though they didn't want him. And after Jesus, after God's gift of love was sacrificed for us, he was once again wrapped as a gift from our loving Father. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 59, the Bible says, Joseph took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. Jesus was undoubtedly the most unselfish and immeasurable demonstration of love that the world has ever known. He is the reason we are sitting here today. Our loving Father continues to reveal His love through His children every single day. And He wants you to know right now that no matter what you are facing, no matter how tough it is, no matter how impossible or hopeless the situation, you are wrapped in His love. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 